This audio presentation of You Are God is broadcast to you courtesy of MindworthyInfo.com and it is presented to you by yours truly, Rasheel Dixon. The purpose of You Are God is to break down the Bible and to show you that the Bible is really a book of allegory and it isn't meant to be taken literally. When used properly, you could find a lot of spiritual value in the Bible and it is actually a book that is going on right now. Today's episode is all about Abraham and your persona. Abraham, yes. It is through Abraham where all the world's major religions come from. So we would like to break it down and show you exactly how this conscious state has been taken out of context and people are actually thinking this was a real figure, a real individual, and it has somewhat corrupted the mind of man for ages. I would like to bring your attention to Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now we have to first chop up this first chapter and get to see what it is in order to understand how can an individual be in this conscious state. At this point, we see that Abraham wasn't Abraham yet, but his name was first Abram, A-B. R-A-M. You didn't get the full Abraham yet. And we have to first break down A-B. A-B means father. Ram, the ram part here means exalted. So this meant exalted father. And why was he 90 years old? In Hebrew, the number 90 means righteousness sifted. How do you sift righteousness? The same way how you would sift a cake. You put it through a process and you would take basically sugar and turn that into a cake or add that into something to bake the cake and make the cake and have the creation. So you're going to sieve, put it through a sieve and sift it and righteousness sifted. And nine is a number for judgment. So we would see that the righteousness of Abram, which is your conscious state at this moment, is sifted. But yet, it's going through a lot of judgment because you're going through this process. The Lord appeared to him. And how can the Lord appear? Not how man has got it or man has been thinking. But you know that sense that's in you. That leader, that infinite intelligence, that ability that we all have. That intuition is what's being substituted here as if the Lord is an individual appearing to Abraham who is a man when really that's just a conscious state and it is an intuition that is basically governing this conscious state. That's why nine is the number of judgment. So we see it now as we go forward and the Lord, there goes that I am that I talk about. He says, I am the almighty God. I am is always the name of God. And remember, it is letting you know that you are the Almighty God right here. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So right here, when the Lord appears to Abraham, before he's Abraham and his name is just Abram, without the Abraham there, we see that it says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. When you walk with your intention, you understand that you are God, you know what you're capable of and you're mighty in all that you do and you do it with full volition, you will be perfect. And even if you fail, you will learn from it and you will become the greatness that you are supposed to be. And then now we go forward and we see, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. So you see what I was saying. The covenant is nothing more than an agreement. You make that agreement with that inner 
force that is in you. You come up with your conscious decision and you will multiply it with whatever you seek and whatever you do because your thoughts will always be righteous in your eyes. As I say that 90 years, the number means righteousness sifted. Now, and Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, why did Abram fall on his face? His conscious state had no idea what was going on. You ever been through a situation where a lot was going through your mind and you were confused? This was nothing more than another way of talking about confusion. And we all go through this as human beings. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram. So now we see that this name, this exalted father is now changed from Abram to Abraham. The Lord changed it. This conscious state is now starting to figure out what is going on. And this is man. Name is changing. And the father of many nations, the father of many nations is the father of all creation, the father of all the thoughts that you have. You create them and out of a thought, you create something that will affect mankind and affect all the nations on the earth. A thought is something that will change the world. Someone thought of the television and the television has changed human beings. Someone thought of the cell phone and the cell phone changed everywhere thing and changed how we communicate. Someone thought of a computer, thought of all of these great things that we have and that is what changed many nations. So now we see that Abraham is no longer Abram which is the exalted father but now he is the father of many nations and that's what Abraham means father of many nations now and I will make thee exceeding fruitful you see what I say fruitful what is fruitful fruitful means to multiply to make an abundance you want a fruitful amount of money you want a fruitful amount of happiness we all seek the abundant nature in us but many of us have forgotten that they are God and have forgotten it and we see this now as we go forward and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee so the nations are the thoughts that will create the kings and the kings that come out of thee are folks who actually now hold on before we even go further what is a king we see that in the Bible right here. A king represents nothing but the best. We all know what a king is, right? We know a king is the one who sits on top of the throne and enjoy the living in the lap of luxury. So when you actually apply this concept right here and you apply it and you see how your thoughts will make kings out of thee, you will be able to be the king of your world and sit on the throne and your happiness will be yours. So you will be as a king. And here we see that the Lord is talking again to Abraham, but they put it in the first person narrative. And it says, because it's talking to you. This is man having a conversation with man. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. So you see right here now, once this covenant, which is an agreement between the Lord and thee, He's talking to Abraham, but this is nothing more than man having an internal conversation, something that we do every day. Remember, it is those internal conversations that shape an individual's life. An individual will convince themselves that they are going to be successful 
and that is what they set out to do. An individual will convince themselves that life is hard. It can never get better. And so their life will be hard and it will never get better. An individual will convince themselves that they can never find the right man or the right women or men are all dogs or women are no good. And so they will never find the right woman or the right man. Or if they do, they will always find the man or the woman that are absolute dogs. They will attract that. And the law of non-resistance says that clearly. We all know that. Are you with me here? Now, and now as we see that, and we see that the Lord is basically talking to man, but this is man having a conversation within their mind. And we all go through this every single day. And as he said, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. You will now have an agreement between you, the Lord, and thy seed. Your seed is a thought that you planted. You plant whatever you plant will grow. That is the seed that the Bible is talking about. Just like how we see in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Be not be advised that God is not mocked. Whatever thou soweth, so shall you reap. What you sow is the seed, and what you get from it, you get its kind. So if you sow a seed in your mind of animosity and hate towards others, you will get that back when it comes time to harvest. All you will get is hate and animosity and anger. You sow a seed of gratefulness and happiness. So it will also grow once you water it and plant it. So we see that here, that it's being put after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. Once you plant that right seed within your mind, your covenant will be everlasting. It will be nonstop and you will know who you are to be a God unto thee, to be a God unto thee. As I say, this is something that many religions will not even focus on because they are basically putting the text wrong. You see, you will become a God unto thee because in your world and in everything that you do, you will be the God of that world and to thy seed after thee. So you are a God of all your creation. So whatever you plant in your mind and you water it and you let it grow. And when it's time for harvest, you are the God of that. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God now what is Canaan? Canaan is nothing more than what the Bible considers the promised land that is a land where everything in it will belong to you now how can you find Canaan in today's day and time Canaan exist within all of us. It is that conscious state of happiness when you feel you are in your promised land and everything you're doing in life is to get to that land of Canaan, that promised land that you know you should be in. But we live in a world where it's filled with sinners and people fall short of their greatness and they sin and miss the mark and never get to Canaan and they're stuck in the land of Egypt where it's nothing more than limitations and bondage for them and for their life. And now we see that, and God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. As long as you keep this agreement within you, and you understand about the God that you are, your seed, your creations, and all the creations that come out of that will always be one with this unity and this infinite intelligence that reigns with you. And it says now, as we go to verse 10, this is my covenant which ye shall keep, as I said before, between me and you and thy seed after thee, every man shall among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. Now, 
as we talk about circumcision, people will think that we're talking about the penis being cut off and a piece of skin being cut off from the penis. Yes, that's the circumcision that we all know. But the circumcision right here, what it is saying in biblical language that has been misinterpreted throughout the ages, the circumcision, what is, okay, now we're going to go back to the penis now. When the foreskin is on the penis, it is covering the penis's head from actually being exposed. So when you are circumcised here in the Bible, as it's using that as a metaphor to represent something else, but man has taken it literally. The circumcision here is the flesh that is covering your foreskin. Your foreskin here is your mind, your awareness, and your ability to think outside the box. How many people here in this world are uncircumcised? They're just following the herd. and They're not thinking outside the box. When you circumcise the flesh, you get rid of that which is prohibiting you. And now you're able to see you are breaking free and you are not uncircumcised and covered by this flesh that is not allowing you to think and your head is not as focused as it would be as if you were circumcised. Now, of the flesh, of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. You see that, a token. It is nothing more than an agreement, a valuable offer between you and this God that is inside you. Once you get circumcised and you remove this skin, this flesh, which is nothing more than that limitation that is holding you back from really stretching and enjoying your life and being who you're supposed to be. Now you have made a covenant with this Lord, this energy, the same infinite intelligence that is throughout the whole universe and also in you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. Now, we have to think about this. You might um, get lost. People who don't understand this will actually take it literally. But we have to first see what is the number eight in Hebrew. The number eight is nothing more than a number that represents new beginnings. So, as we see, and he that is eight days old shall be circumcised. Eight days old. You have now started a new beginning because you have been circumcised and you removed that flesh that is a symbol of what is holding you back mentally. And you're not able to break free and be free of the flesh that is holding you and preventing you from truly, truly being what you're supposed to be or seeing what you're supposed to be or learn what you're supposed to learn. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. So once you're born in thy house, born in the mind where you're becoming a new you and bought with thy money. Now that would be something where someone would think slave, but the slave here is a thought that is a slave to the master. The master is that which is inside you that is getting you going. And that would be connected to that same God energy right here. You got to understand how the Hebrews wrote. It was just so poetic, but yet it meant something. And if you know the value, the mystical value, it means a lot to our lives. So you see how he that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Once you get this circumcision, you remove that skin, that foreskin that is holding your mind back from stretching and from truly seeing the world for what it is. You will be holding on to that covenant 
that you are making with that intuition that we call God at this moment. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people, and he hath broken my covenant. You see this now. This has nothing to do with a man who didn't cut off the skin on his penis, on the head of his penis. This has a lot to do with those who are uncircumcised. They are cut off from the deeper knowledge to understand the ways of the world. They are just living in the world blindly. And they're not keeping the covenant, the covenant, the agreement with seeking higher knowledge and being in agreement with that infinite intelligence. You cannot go against the laws of nature. You cannot go against those laws because those are the immutable laws created by God. And God is nothing more than an infinite intelligence given many names, given the name Allah, given the name Yahweh, given the name Brahma, given every name, Oludumare, anything, any culture you go across, the same Infinite intelligence, Brahma, Allah, Yahweh, Elohim has different names. Olu Damari, no matter what you come across, this is the same thing. We're talking about the same tree, just different branches. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall her name be. Now we have to understand this now. Why did her name change from Sarah, S-A-R-A-I, to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H? Now, as that intuition is speaking, and we all know that the female energy is the subconscious mind, Sarah turned into Sarah. Sarah in Hebrew means princess. So now that princess subconscious mind is growing and now she became Sarah which is now Sarah means lady noble woman and if you know these days in the times when this these scriptures were written a noble woman a lady was basically an honorable person a queen was considered a noble woman a woman of elite stature a woman that comes from high society is a noble woman so now we see that Sarah is not the princess no more but now her name changed to Sarah because she is now the noble woman but you think that this is the wife of Abraham because it is Abraham is nothing more than another state of consciousness and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. You see that? Once the blessing come through and the subconscious and the conscious mind come together like how it's supposed to be and you hold that covenant and you understand your goal and understand who you're supposed to be and you don't let no limitations and you get to your land of Canaan, which is your promised land. Your promised land is what you are promising yourself to be because you know your purpose in life. Everything will be great. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. That son is the son that will enlighten you. I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. The mother. Mother creates. Mother is everything. Without the mother, there can be nothing more. Kings of people shall be of her. See what I said earlier about the kings. You being a king, meaning you are nothing more than a person who's sitting on a throne because you transformed your life into what you know it's supposed to be. So now you are royalty. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is in a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old, ninety, here we go, righteous sifted, old bear, one hundred years old. 
And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. See, now Ishmael was their child. We understand the Hebrew meaning of Ishmael it means God hears. So now that you have that child and Ishmael is now coming out of your state of consciousness, you all that you are asking for, all that you want to be is now being heard by God. And that is nothing more than the name of Ishmael. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. What does Isaac mean? Isaac means he's happy. He's rejoicing. That's what it means in Hebrew. So now that son and that thought, and now that God heard you, which is that inner God inside you, which is Ishmael, that the Bible calls it, now you are happy and you're rejoicing, and that is called Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him, those seeds, the thoughts that you planted. And as for Ishmael, I will have heard he thee, heard thee. And Ishmael means God hears, or heard by God. And it's saying right here, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. You will be blessed by whatever thought God hears because you are listening to it and you are going forward to make sure you bring that thought into fruition. As it says, and will make him fruitful. You see? You see where it's going. And will multiply him exceedingly. Understand, when you listen and you understand and you break down these scriptures and know the meaning, 12 princes shall he begat. Now, the number 12 is a spe special number, special, special number, because it is the number of authority. It is the governmental number, and it is the number of authority here in Hebrew. So we have to understand that. That is why the 12 is so important, because 12 is also aligned with the 12 months of the year, the zodiac, as above, so below, we see that this number 12 is just a magnificent number. It also takes 12 months for the earth to actually spin, go on this axis and go do that loop around the sun and the year goes by and it ages us and so much connection. And the authors of this, they understood this spirituality. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begat. Those princes will grow up to be kings, and those are your thoughts, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, the agreement now with that conscious state of Isaac that is always rejoicing, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this, this set time in the next year. So Sarah will bear unto thee. Sarah, noble woman, the lady, that is the woman that was, is all within us. That is that subconscious mind, that part of the subconscious mind that is all in us. It's just given the name Sarah. And I established with Isaac. He's happy. He's rejoicing. Once Isaac and Sarah get that established, then you can bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. No one knows when certain things will happen. But as long as you believe and stay faithful and live in that, it will always happen. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham, and Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were brought with 
his money. You see this now. Abraham has taken everything that was with him in his house. And his house is nothing more than his mind. And this is another conscious state. So he's taken all that he created like what you would do in everything that you are doing. Because it's a part of you. You get what I'm saying? Every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the same day as God had said unto him. Those who circumcise the flesh of their foreskin, nothing more than remove those limitations and remove anything that was preventing them from seeing the world for what it's supposed to be. And what this is saying is that if you circumcise your foreskin, you will become that person that is like Isaac, who's happy, who's rejoicing, that conscious state, you will step in it. You will be the noble person who you're supposed to be, and you will be a king of your nation because kingdoms lie within your mind. That's just another state that you can bring your mind into. And once you get into that state of consciousness, you are your own leader. And that Lord that is in you is leading you to where you're supposed to be. Listen to that gut feeling, family. I always tell you. And all the men of his house, born in his house, and bought with his money of the strangers were circumcised with him. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Now, we see this right here too. Look, and Abraham was 90 years old and nine, 90. Again, as I backtrack and I bring that up, as I said earlier, righteousness sifted in nine, the judgment number. So even though you're taking one form of energy and making sure you get pure righteous, and you have this pride and you have certain values that will bring you to where you're supposed to be, and but you will still go through judgment because you will judge yourself and you will also be judged by society. But it's all on how you take it because how you take it will be the outcome. Some people get judged and they allow this judgment to make them fall in a ball of depression. They don't get to that Isaac consciousness because they already let the judgment make them fall. So they're not happy and they're not rejoicing as we see that that's what Isaac means. And Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old. What is the number 13? What does 13 mean? 13 is a number of lawlessness rebellion it is it means nothing more than at the 13 where people that's where actually the friday the 13th all of that comes from rebellion going against something and just basically going through the judgment when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin and ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. You get what I'm saying here. If Ishmael's son was 13, that thought, and the 13 is nothing more than rebellion, lawlessness, things that don't represent anything good. When he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, he was able to remove all of that that comes with the number 13. And in the self-same day was Abraham circumcised, and Ishmael, his son. And once that circumcision happens, you become almost like a new person because we see here that it tells us about how on the eighth day is when all takes place. 
and he that is eight days old shall be circumcised. And eight is nothing more than the Hebrew number for new beginnings. So you get what I'm saying here. And all the men of the house. See, hold on. If in the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son, that means we know what happened. He that is eight days old. So this day means it was eight days old for new beginnings. And once you're circumcised and you rip off that flesh, which is nothing more than a representation of the limitations of the thoughts that will allow you to die in this world as so many people aren't circumcised. And the men of the house, born in the house, and bought with money of the stranger, were circumcised with him. He circumcised all that's with him, because all that was with him, Abraham, was his thoughts, his deeds, and his values, and that is all that's with you. So don't walk around uncircumcised, because if you do, your life will be miserable. Hope you got what I'm saying. Brothers and sisters, please, I hope you enjoyed this. Please go on over to MindworthyInfo.com, subscribe. We have a lot more coming to you. We have so much more coming to you. Now, let us go into the silence.